evidence and answers. Are you familiar with the rewards that will be given out in heaven to those who have placed faith in Christ? What are these rewards and how do we get them? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today, Pat will present a message he recently did entitled Heavenly Rewards. Now, on to our broadcast. Open your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Hey, as we begin, I want to give credit a lot of my information comes from an interview of a good friend I had who just wrote a recent book called Heavenly Rewards, Dr. Mark Hitchcock. So a lot of my information this morning comes from there. Good friend of mine, John Weber, he used to be the chaplain for the Dallas Cowboys back in the days when the Cowboys actually won, you know. He passed away. That's probably the reason they haven't gone to a playoffs in a while. Before the first Super Bowl, he was having chapel service. And he says, Pat, you know, nobody comes to chapel service except in the playoffs. In the playoffs, everybody shows up. Even the coaches show up. And so this was before the Super Bowl, and they were having their chapel in the locker room. And John Weber said, gentlemen, three things you ought to fear in life. Number one, you ought to fear God. Number two, you ought to fear not giving it your all, not doing your best. And number three, you ought to fear wasting your life away. And it was a powerful message, so powerful that after the team huddle, they ran down the hallway, and they're ready to go out onto the field, onto the Super Bowl. They're ready to go out into, they're sitting in that tunnel, and Jimmy Johnson, of all people, was there at the chapel. And Jimmy Johnson looked at the team before they ran out onto the field, and he said, gentlemen, I hope you were in chapel service today. John Weber gave one heck of a sermon. And he said, there's three things you ought to fear, gentlemen. You ought to fear God, fear not doing your best, and fear of wasting your life away. You know, and... With that, they charged on and, and won the Super Bowl, their first one that year. And those words have always stuck with me, my good friend John Weber. Those three, fear God, fear not doing your best, and fear of wasting your life away. You know, the worst feeling is to come to the end of your life only to realize you spent the majority of your days pursuing wrong goals and exerting much time and energy in endeavors that in the end proved to have little meaning. I've met many people who come to the end of their days, end of their careers, living with that regret. Well, how do we live a life that is worthwhile? That when it's all said and done and the last chapter of your life is being written, you can look back and say, this was a life that was worthwhile. Tim Chester wrote, our life is but a moment, only a breath. It's the tick of a clock, the blink of an eye, a click of the fingers. You get one life. One chance, and there's no replay, no rewind. So don't live for the moment. Live for eternity. You only have one chance in life, so you need to take dead aim, folks, and not miss, because you only have one shot, and that one shot will profoundly affect your life now and forever. You know, in college, I, had, I was just a young Christian, and my goal in college was to have fun, experience life, play on the golf team, and get a job that is just no stress, little responsibility, allow me to play lots of golf and go traveling and do whatever. I didn't want a big house, just live on a little boat, 
you know, maybe one bedroom studio if I'm lucky, and that's it. And just have fun and chill out in life. But the trajectory of my life changed when I was sitting in Bible class, and the professor read from Mark chapter 13, verse 31. He said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall endure forever. And he said, folks, there's only three things that are going to last for all eternity. God, his word, and the souls of men and women. A meaningful life of joy, of adventure, of romance, of purpose comes when we invest in those three. The things that last and endure for all eternity. So whatever area, career God has called you to, as long as you're investing in those three, you're investing in eternity. Life on this earth is not all there is, because we are eternal beings. And to experience all that life was meant to be, you need to live with an eternal perspective. Because you weren't made just for this earth. You're made for eternity. The great C.S. Lewis said, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. And indeed, we were not made just for this world. We were made for something greater. We were made for eternity. And we need to understand that our life today will determine our life now and for all eternity. It was stated well by General Maximus Decius Meridius who said in the movie Gladiator, what we do in life echoes in eternity. All that you do, how you think, how you invest your time, how you use your talents, your resources, determines the outcome of your life now and for all eternity. So no matter where you are in life today, old or young, you can live a life of joy, a life that matters from now on. If you live with an eternal perspective. So how do we live a life that's worthwhile? Well, we live with an eternal perspective. And, and Paul wrote about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He said, so we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Now, the first thing Paul points out is the point of everyone's life. He says, so whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. The point, the aim, the focus of our life is to please Jesus Christ, to please God. The word aim there means to strive eagerly after, to aspire, to have one's sole ambition, to please God. It means going after your target with passion and with zeal. The goal of life is to please Christ with great fervor, with great zeal. Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Paul was not seeking to, to win Christ's favor by his good works. This is already done on the cross. Paul was striving to be what God meant for him to be. And this is to be the focus, the motivation, the goal of every person to please Christ. When this is the point of your life, when this is the aim of your life, Life is full of meaning, of purpose, of joy, of hope. It becomes all that God ever wanted for you. 
when your focus shifts to pleasing anything else first, you're moving in the wrong direction. And the consequences can be tragic. You know, this past year, several of us traveled to Israel. And one of the things we did in Israel is we went on a camel ride, a trek through the desert of Jordan, the famous canyon desert called Wadi Rum. You probably saw it in the movie Star Wars and the movie Martian and other movies. It's famous for uh, its beauty, but it also it's red sand. That's why uh, so many films about Mars are uh, filmed there. And I remember as we were going through, I asked our guide, I said, how in the world do the Bedouins today and of years past navigate through this desert without any GPS or any instruments? For there are hundreds of miles there, countless dunes that keep changing shape and form according to the winds, landscapes that look identical in every direction, and the desert heat gets up to 120 degrees, and very few landmarks. I think when we were there, it was about 109. And the guy told me that the Bedouins use the very basic techniques of the stars and the sun. He says the sun rises from the east, sets in the west, this helps us in the day, but most of the time, it's too hot. And so we ride in the morning, and then we settle down in the afternoon, and then we wait for the stars to come up. And he said, there's no such thing as left and right. We stay put during the day when the temperatures are way too high, and at night, the stars guide our track. And when it comes to the stars, he said, it's Ursa Major the Great Bear, or what we know as the Big Dipper, directs the travelers to Polaris, okay, the North Star. And as long as you focus on the North Star, you know where you're going, and you're heading in the right direction. So although the winds and sandstorm may be blinding, the terrain constantly changing, the heat producing all kinds of images, you won't get lost if you keep your focus on the North Star losing your way in the desert, even if you're just a few degrees off, can be tragic. And for the Christian, our North Star in our journey through life is Jesus Christ, and we're guided by the very Word of God. Making our way through life is filled with storms, confusing messages, temptations of every kind, and we will not lose our way if we focus on our North Star, Jesus Christ, and his word. So your life application is this. When you make Christ the aim of your life, you're always gonna be moving in the right direction. You may not be understanding what is going on around your life, but as long as you've got your aim and your focus on pleasing Christ, you're moving in the right direction. So from this moment forward, make this the point, the aim, the passion of your life. So the point, Paul says, is to please Christ because we love him and he is the rightful Lord of all creation. Another thing Paul wants us to remember is there is a judgment day awaiting for every one of us. On the day of judgment, Jesus will be the judge of all mankind and there is a payday to come for every person, believer and unbeliever. Paul says, we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, for the unbeliever, their judgment is called the great white throne judgment. And if you find yourself one day on the other side of eternity, standing before a great white throne, it's all over. 
All right, you simply move from your temporary state of death in hell to your eternal state in the lake of fire. That's it. That's the judgment for the unbeliever. It's the sentencing to eternal death. Now, for the believer in Christ, there's also a judgment day for us. But this is not about whether we enter heaven or not. We're already saved through the finished work of Jesus Christ. The believer, we will be judged on rewards. We'll be judged not on salvation, but on our rewards. We'll be judged according to how we spend our time here on this earth. The judgment seat of the believer there in 2 Corinthians 5.10, it's called the Bema seat judgment, not the great white throne. It's called the Bema seat judgment. And it refers to a platform or raised stage that had steps from which the judgment would be handed down. And the stage is elevated so that all could see the recipient of the reward. Now, it's often used in the Olympic Games. This is the stage upon which the athletes came and the emperor or the one overseeing the games handed out their rewards. It's also used of the raised stage in a military camp where medals were awarded to warriors who performed heroically in battle. Now, who will be at this judgment seat? Every believer in Jesus Christ will be there. We will all face the Bema seat, and we all stand before one judge, Jesus Christ. And we will stand there alone, individually. Notice how Paul goes from the plural, okay? We, and then he says, so that each one's work, each one may receive his reward. He goes from the plural to the singular. Individually, we're going to stand and look at our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and there we receive our judgment. And what's going to happen on that day? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says that our works will be laid out before us and tested by fire to see the character of our work. Read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. Paul says, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid the foundation and someone else is building upon it, and let each one take care of how he builds on it. For no one can lay the foundation other than that which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each man has done. If the work of anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through the fire. So we will stand before Christ, and our works will be laid before us. All that we have done in this life, and it will be tested by fire. The fire will test the quality of each man's work. Some will see their life's work burned up before them. Work made of wood, hay, and straw will be, as Paul says, burned up. Can't help but think there might be a touch of sorrow there, seeing all that you've done burned up before you. But then he says, works of gold, silver, and precious stones will pass through the fire, and that will be your eternal reward. See, heaven's not a social estate, okay? Some believers will have greater rewards than others for all eternity. What determines what works of wood, hay, or straw and works of gold, silver, and precious stones? Well, it's the intention of your work 
and your motive. Works done to honor Jesus Christ with a pure heart. Those are works of gold, silver, and precious stones. Works done to please self. That's wood, hay, and straw. That's what gets burned up. You may be surprised, you know, who has the greater reward on that day of judgment. You may think, oh, the pastors, Randy, Pat, up here preaching, go up with greater reward. Well, if, if we're up here preaching to fulfill our ego, you know, and make us feel great, well, that's works of wood, hay, and straw. Those who work in the back doing PowerPoint and sound, no, no, don't look, don't look at them. They're going to lose their heavenly reward. Okay? The, the guys that go unnoticed, serving the Lord, people's names you may never know shall receive the greater reward. Those who work in the nursery so that you can worship here and focus fully on the Lord may have greater reward than those who are up here and up front. You're going to stand before one judge, Jesus Christ, and therefore you live for an audience of one to please him and him alone. You know, the testing of our works, the facing of judgment, that's nothing new to us. That's part of everyday life. The martial artist knows he trains because one day he's going to be tested. When he moves up to his next belt, that's a day of testing to see the quality of his skill. Every athlete knows on the weekend, on game day, their skill and all that they've prepared for is going to meet the test. Every musician knows all that they have practiced will one day meet the test, whether they are testing in front of their master teacher or performing in front of people. Every student knows all that you study. One day, you will face the test to see the quality of your work. Your skills are tested. They're put through the fire. And uh, just recently, I passed one great test. I ran my first marathon. Yes. Now, my wife's a world-class runner, so she finished in three hours. I finished minutes, minutes, minutes behind her. Many minutes, many, many minutes. Nevertheless, I finished. But I remember as running 16 miles was no problem, but it was those last 10 miles. Suddenly, I hit the wall, man. And thoughts came into my mind. What am I doing here? You know, and then there's so many places where you can easily take a shortcut and just cut short the race and run back. Who's going to know? I mean, who's going to know, right? I mean, nobody cares about the guy that came in 10,000th place, right? Ah, I just... Cut, take it short, and go. I saw a lot of people doing that. But the one thing that kept me going was, you know, one person, my wife, knowing she was at the finish line waiting for me to cross. And she would be tremendously disappointed if I cut the race in half, if I took a shortcut and just turned around and cheated and made it to the finish line. And so I kept on going, despite all the pain, just thinking that she was there at the finish line waiting for me to finish. And you see, we live for an audience of one. That's Jesus Christ. It's a very liberating thing, a tremendous life of freedom, when you understand we live not to please everyone around us, but we live to please an audience of one, Jesus Christ, who's already pleased and wants us to finish well. So for the believer in Christ, the point of life is to please Christ we know that the payday is coming, and we look forward to the prize that we will win, our eternal reward that will be with us 
for all eternity. Paul says, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Now, this is the law of rewards. Now, a lot of people might think, well, if I just get to heaven, that's enough, man. What do I care about eternal rewards, you know? I'll make it to heaven, and that's enough for me. Well, there's dozens, dozens of verses throughout the Bible about our eternal reward. So obviously, they're important to God and very meaningful for us to attain. For example, Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Matthew 6, 19, Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Each one will receive their reward from God who sees and remembers all things. What you may do now may go unnoticed, even ridiculed, unappreciated. But God sees all and remembers all and shall reward all. And what kind of rewards are we talking about? Well, there's all types mentioned in the Bible. I like to categorize them in three categories, praise, position, and prizes. Praise. Matthew 25, Jesus said to the faithful ones, well done, good and faithful servant. Man, what a great day that's going to be to hear those words from, all, from the Creator of all creation. I mean, we know how wonderful it is to receive praise from a parent, a teacher, a coach, a boss. You know, I remember years ago when I was 50 pounds lighter, I played football in high school. And I remember there was one play, the 36 power, where the running back is going to run over the tackle and the tight end as they double team the tackle and push him back. And the job, my job, was then to seal the outside, was to come in and crack back on the linebacker or the safety, whoever was coming up to stop the runner, and seal the edge so the runner can go. And so uh, they called that play, and I knew exactly what to do. I lined up, and I saw the safety moving up, so I knew I'm going to crack back and nail him. And so the play started, and I went, and I nailed the safety. And as I was driving him back, the linebacker was also right there, and I hit the linebacker. So two guys at once, and I drove them to the other side, and I dumped them. No, just kidding. And uh, the linebacker hit, and uh, I don't know what happened after that, uh, but according to the film, both went down, and I disappeared somewhere in the ground. But both went down. I remember getting up off the ground eventually. I don't know how long that was. Piled under about 500 pounds there. But I remember getting up off the ground, and I made my way slowly, trudged off to the sideline there and every bone in my body hurt and I remember I sat down I grabbed my water and I sat down on the bench and I said this was a really dumb idea whose idea was this I think I'm gonna sit down for the rest of the game okay and I was sitting down there and suddenly I hear a whack on my helmet and I look up and it's the wide receivers coach and he said great job Zucaran now that's the kind of blocking I am talking about Great job out there, you know, and, and the block I made 
was unnoticed by everyone, right? I mean, nobody's watching the wide receiver. Who's he going to block, right? They're watching a running back. And all the cheerleaders are screaming his name as he's running for the touchdown and, you know, screaming his name. Nobody cares about the guy that threw the big block over there. But one guy did, the only guy that mattered, my coach. And he said, great blocks. That's what I'm talking about. Great job. Way to throw your body out there. That's what I'm talking about. And he looked at me and he said, all right, it's kickoff. We need someone to break the wedge. All right, you ready to go? And I jumped up. I said, coach, I'm ready. Every pain in my body was gone. I was ready to go. Put three 400-pound men in front of me, you know. I would have gone after them. Why? Man, because praise from the one that mattered filled me with tremendous joy and energy. Man, I, I was ready to go take on the next task. That's all the time we have for today. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or perhaps hold a conference, give him a call locally in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. To keep broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate, head on over to our website, once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at HC mlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucrat.